I haven't talked to you in a while. What's going on? Uh, not much, man. I literally just got back to work. Um, Can you divulge where you're working? I am working at a coffee shop. It's pretty cool. Is it like a Starbucks or like a, wait, I'm, I'm hip with the uh, Canadians. It's uh, it's Tim Hortons, right? It's, it is Tim Hortons. It's you Tim Hortons? It. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm working at Tim Hortons. Yeah. That's it was cool. under renovations for like the last month. So I've been like out of work and I'm, I finally went back on Monday. So I'm finally making money again. That's awesome. When was the last time? How long was your break? Um, it was about a month. I okay. checked my calendar to get a more accurate date, but yeah, about a month. <laughs> That's cool. And um, just so like, I don't want to dive too. One of the things that I want to do in this series is like dive into a little bit of like behind the music kind of thing. Can you divulge okay. a little bit more about, you know, something that you've like always kind of narcissistically wanted to say about yourself? Like, just can we get a little more information about who Cursive is? You know, like, are you in school? Like, what's your deal? You know, what, what are you working on? Um, oh, God. Uh, let's see here. I am currently not in school. I did one year of university and I didn't like what I was doing. So I didn't go back the second year. And um, I'm thinking about maybe going back for a trade coming up this fall. And uh, I also plan on moving. So, yeah. Who are you thinking about moving? Some... Staying in Canada? I'm definitely staying in Canada, yeah. But I am switching provinces. I'm moving out with my girlfriend. Nice. Oh, yeah. So you've been with that girl for quite a while now. I think that she's been persistent since your, at least since your YouTuber career. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've been with her for a long time, actually. I've been with her for five years now. <laughs> so congrats, dude. That's Thanks, awesome. man. You're finally going to move away from that like small rock that no one knows about. Right? Exactly, you're, exactly. Like, you're an hour and a half ahead of me, and I'm in New York. So that's yep. just confusing for everybody, you know? It's very confusing. That's why I tell everyone, hey, my time zone is EST. It's just, it's just easier <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be like pushing midnight for you right now. <laughs> so you think about yeah. moving to like Quebec, Ontario province, or are you going further? Um, I think for now I'm going to stay Eastern. Um, I did want to go to Ontario for a long time because that is where I was born. So I grew up there for like a good half of my life. Uh, maybe one day I'll go back there. Who can, who can say? Yeah. So you took, um, <clears throat> at the time of this, it's, uh, it's the sixth or probably it's the seventh for you actually at this point. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. <clears throat> so you, um, you took a little bit of a break and now you're, you're coming back and, um, I'm interested to know what you've been doing with the box. You know, you, you put out your spellproof. I, I really want to talk about the spellproof armor deck because you okay. have been really like a champion of Bandit Keith since like for pretty much this whole year. Like, I think that you tried to make it work back in April, May. We saw this, the uh, new starter decks come out and you tried to make it work. And I think that every six months or so, we see a spellproof armor from you. And this last one's been particularly explosive, because, especially because it got you top eight in the Speed mm -hmm. Duel League. Um, that huge one, right, that was on the Saturday, yeah. the one with 106 entrants. I just did a video on that because um, I decided that Interconflict Monarchs can't be ignored. And so I just did a video on that one, um, and I referenced those stats. But with even though more than half of those topped, you snuck into top eight with the spellproof armor deck. So... Um, I know that it utilizes Jinzo heavily, but I, I think it's staying away more from Monarchs. I, I mean, with Spellproof Armor, you can tribute, you, you can normal summon normal five and six stars. Um, yeah. But can you tell me a little bit? I mean, I watched the video, but I want you to kind of take some time to just kind of give me in a nutshell. 
Okay, yeah. Honestly, the deck itself is pretty um, easy to actually play because it is just like a standard beatdown strategy. You just rely on the fact that you have bigger beat sticks than your opponent and they have very few answers to your beat sticks because they're all immune to spell effects. Um, the overall focus isn't actually on Jinzo. If you can get Jinzo on the field, that's a huge plus. So you don't stray away from getting Jinzo on, but you don't require Jinzo to win your matches. You genuinely just focus on your Colossus. That's why you run six copies. Your gear frame is just an 1800. It's also immune to spells. And I mean, you can't go wrong with some Zomas, right? We're seeing Zomas pretty consistently. In fact, I referenced, um, I think it's Swamp Mirror. That's the other one. Yeah. It's like the 1800-1000 yep. trap. And uh, Quantum Cat. That one's cute. That's the zero attack, mm -hmm. 2200 mm -hmm. defense. Okay, so Jinzo's a secondary win condition because Jinzo covers your traps. And if you're lucky enough to get him out, because obviously you're not monarching. You're not prioritizing trying to get the tribute off. It tributes a secondary yep. effect, which if it works, it works. But primarily, you are countering all of the Book of Moons, all of the Shrinks. You know, those are the ones that we're seeing pretty consistently. Yeah, You are exactly. making those go away essentially what's your big yep. mo what's your monster that you consistently get out like turn one turn two uh well we'll spell proof them all with just summoning colossus just normal summon 2300 beat stick is uh phenomenal um along with that one of the big issues that the deck can run into is um kaiser glider because it says it can't be killed by a monster with 2400 attack it has 2200 defense so jinzo just can't kill it but colossus runs it over in defense fine which is uh super super relevant to have I did take a double uh, a double look at that Kaiser Glider because I never played it back in traditional, and uh, it really is like so. It's my understanding that the monarchs like it, traditionally they've been twenty four hundred attack. Like a six star monster twenty four hundred attack is like kind of right down the middle, and we're seeing that with Jinzo, yep. Kaiser Glider, even something. I think Dark Ruler is like twenty four fifty, but then you see even yep. uh, Grand Marg is twenty four. So Kaiser Glider is like a pretty big annoyance to this deck. Yeah, for sure. Kaiser Glider is a big choice for a lot of the uh, the conflict players to deter the like opposing monarchs, and similarly to why you see a lot of people going back on Hades because it has that fifty extra attack to run them over, and then also negating monster effects is really relevant now with um, apprentice monarchs being huge and people being on Kaiser Glider a lot. So obviously, if you kill a Kaiser Glider, it doesn't have that bounce effect. Good call. Yeah, I was. Uh... I cut, when I covered Dark Ruler, the example that I made was um, Eudoria, because I'm still thinking, I'm still kind of in the old meta brain a little bit. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but obviously, Apprentice Magician, that's huge, because Apprentice Monarchs. So I, I really think that they're all kind of the same. The only difference is that one's running three Apprentice Magician, which is just more fuel. Why don't we have a, uh, what was the other one? Or the Lizard Warrior? What was the one that also was essentially uh, Apprentice Magician, but it was a Lizard? Anyway, I think that's. Oh, the Troop same. Dragon. Troop Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the Troop Dragon deck, right? It's pretty much the same. Troop Dragon's thing. bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. No one played it. I remember when uh, I think it was Trials of the Kingdom that came out. People were trying to play that, but didn't work. Apprentice Magician yeah. just works so well, especially because it's very. I think it's versatile. I think it's like you can summon up to a three-star spellcaster. I don't. Uh, know that's a good question. I don't actually know off the top yeah. of my head either. Anyway, Apprentice Magician definitely a better, more viable cause. But good call though. I didn't think about that with uh, Hades destroying something like Apprentice Magician. Yeah, you can't yeah. Uh, keep your fuel going for your tribute, which is huge. Yeah. Basically, the decision uh, conflict players are making now is whether they want to stick to the more traditional OTK strategy, beatdown strategy, using things like uh, 
your your Gaia's, your Vorst Raiders, and immensely, hugely, your Breakers, because you have the option to have a 1900 or a back row removal. So Breakers, amazing. Or if you want to go for a more stally build, but the main uh, use for the whole Apprentice package is to constantly have fodder for your Monarchs, right? So whether you focus more so on the one tribute OTK or constantly have fodder and um, potentially get extra pops off of your breakers because Apprentice Magician does give Breaker another counter. For sure. And it's funny because now we're, we're shifting towards the fact that you can get more counters because people, you know, before Battle City Box, you, you play Dr. Dre, the Dark Red Enchanter, and uh, yeah. it's pretty much, you know, you got two counters, you blow two counters, that's that. We really didn't see counters build. And, you know, with something like Breaker, you get an immediate kind of, you get immediate gratification with Breaker, which is why I love it so much. It's either like, do you want a dope-ass four-star monster, or do you want to pop a spell? And you can be 1,600, but you're still a monster. That's why I think Breaker isn't going to go away. And a good point that you said with Gaia, uh, Charging Gaia, because yep. similar, to Breaker, it, it, similar to Breaker, it gives you the choice. I think that that's yeah. huge, especially if you're playing something like Inner Conflict Monarch, because you really could tribute for Charging Guy if you wanted to. I don't know. Like, you'd have to be pretty desperate, I think, because there are so many better yeah. options, but it gives you the choice. I think that's what's great about it. But, yeah, um, exactly. And um, there's actually something really, really relevant about Charging Guy in this format, and that's the fact that Book of Moon exists in this format. If your opponent is forced to book your Gaia, when you flip it back up, it's a 2300 now. No way. Really? Yep. Yep. Okay, I totally missed that. So you could you could essentially book a moon your own charging Gaia if you really wanted yeah. to like be super meta about it. Um, I think there was another reason. There was another good reason to book yourself. Oh no, I was uh, I was covering the um, the Union and the Valkyria decks, and a great utilization is if you quick play shrink yourself with magnetic field to bounce to hand in terms of uh, getting rid of maybe like an XYZ Union that you don't necessarily want in the graveyard because you're because the player can use it to banish or bring back to the field, whatever. Um, but that's a good call. Like, it, it all comes back to, I love how the format's shifting towards utilizing quick play spells on yourself, potentially. Yeah. Uh, for your own game. That's really cool. Yeah, it's something I missed. Nice. Yeah. No, I, honestly, I think my favorite deck of this format, I don't know how much you've been playing the new decks this format. I've been playing them a lot. Um, my favorite deck is definitely Magnets. I was able to snag up a top four in Tetris tournament with the Magnets. I got to look at Tetris stuff for sure. <laughs> I know that they, uh, he had one recently. I know that, um, you know, obviously Magnets, I feel like it's going to be Magnets, XY, uh, XYZ, and Monarchs. Are, they're going to top for sure. I think I caught a glimpse of Tetras. I know that Winnebox 6 is going on right now at the time of this uh, time of this one. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. But I think it's going to be pretty much the same thing. I think we're going to see a preview and spread. But um, you know what's funny? I think that we're going to see XYZ drop off solely in terms of interest. Like, I don't think it's a bad... It's not a bad deck. In fact, no, at, no, at no. the very beginning, it seemed like it was going to be the best deck. Um, just because there's so much more big brain. Like, remember before Battle City when you just, like, freaking parasited things? And that was that. I do remember that. And you win? Yep. And then Inner Conflict, you know... <coughs> It, it, it introduced a little bit of the Monarch format, which is Jinzo. You know, especially people yeah. that are playing online, they had the Jinzo. But now we're seeing some some bigger brain stuff. And um, part of me is wondering if the folks that... I clearly, it's it's very clear that Speed Duel was geared towards, for the most part, Speed Duel seemed to be geared towards folks that played Yu-Gi-Oh! 10 years ago and mm -hmm. want to play it again. 
but they don't want a pendulum summon, link summon, etc. And so they were looking for a more simple, simplistic kind of format. That's what it was for a year, you know. Battle yep. City Box, all of a sudden, XYZ, I'm not saying that it's complicated. It's not that complicated. You know, you got a bunch of different options, but it's very straightforward, read on the cards. But I'm wondering if it's going to be a deck that people are going to shy away from just because they don't want to take the time to learn it. I mean, obviously, these champions of the, of the online community, and that's really where a lot of the meta is being kind of formulated and evolved right now. They're going to use it for sure. Interesting to see, though, if you go to, like, your locals, uh, if it's going to be used, you know. Yeah, I got you. I don't know. I think I think a lot of people might start to stray away from XYZ for a huge fact that every single deck, every single person who's playing in a tournament is siding for XYZ because it's just it shows up so often and there's so many good side deck answers to it that like because there's so many answers to it, there's almost no reason not to side deck at least three cards for the matchup, right? Yeah, like you're seeing everybody lost run Lost Wind, for example. Yeah. Lost Wind was one that, you know, I it, it, it honestly totally blew over my head when I was looking through the box cards because it seemed so specific. But I didn't mm-hmm. realize just how prevalent a card like XYZ or a deck like XYZ is going to be. And, of course, it makes sense. You know, you see these cookie-cutter decks, as I call them, the, the, the Magnets and the XYZ, you see them, you're like, okay, I, I see what they're trying to do. They're clearly trying to kind of shoehorn in this deck, and it's supposed to be good because they put all these cards in. And usually when a TCG does that, it's, like, not great, and people still find other weird stuff to do. With You know, case yeah. in point, Monarchs. But XYZ and Magnets are making enough of a splash to be top. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. And then you got your Spellproof Armor, which I would say is it's a deep rogue right now. I mean, it did top eight. What did you end up losing to in that tournament? I actually lost my top eight to XYZ, and uh, shout out to Lucas Gaylord. He pointed out to me afterwards that I lost that match because of a misplay. What was the misplay? So I didn't even think about this until Lucas brought it up to me. When your opponent summons a like a fusion monster, right, and you reset your lost win from the graveyard, you gave yourself a response window. Really? Oh, because Lost yes, Wind, Lost Wind has the because, whole shrine-like effect where you can banish it. Yeah, so well, Lost Wind, when it's engraved and your opponent special summons from the extra deck, you can reset the Lost Wind, right? So obviously skill effects, as you know, the entire community should be aware by now, they have an open game state and there's no response window available, right? Right. But when Lost Wind resets itself, that's obviously not a skill effect. It's being reset. You can respond to your own Lost Wind's effect, which means I could have flipped up my book, set the XYZ Dragon Cannon that he summoned, and stopped him from ever using its effect to start off with. Okay. So I could have just completely avoided that, kept my core destroyer on field, and just kept on walking into his monsters. So he was he was going to set up the effect to drop a card to the grave to destroy something. Yeah. With XYZ. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. That's something that, like, I know that people that are, <laughs> there are going to be some people that are listening to this that are like, what is going on? This is like a fifth level of thinking about the game. And then there are going to be other people that are like, yeah, duh. <laughs> you know Come saying? on, man. You missed that? <laughs> it's all just part of learning. Because I personally didn't, you know, I didn't play with the XYZ and Magnet stuff when it was big in the TC, in like the regular TCG. Yeah, I was yeah. a little bit ahead of that when it was a little more advanced. I, I think I started playing competitively around X, um, Synchros, which yeah. was well gotcha. beyond that. So it's, yeah, you're going to see some diehard fans um, 
know those rulings by heart. As clearly, as we see in the community, which has been a great resource, but that's crazy. Yeah, Lucas Gaylord is a uh, big contender of the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy Discord. Which, yes. Um, that was the Discord that I referenced when I did the uh, top two, when I when I profiled the XYZ and the uh, Valkyrian. So, makes sense. Those guys know those rulings. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, but yeah, we haven't seen you particularly play in any of these uh, any of these tournaments yet. Yeah, I was. What are we gonna, gonna see? Gonna uh, what are we gonna see? Rook hit the table. So I'm I'm planning on doing Justice's thing on the 17th. Okay. For sure. Um, I thought that I had a window to enter Speed Duel League's Winner Box Six because I have a deck that I want to try, but I missed that window, mm -hmm. so I'm not in it. Um, but gotcha. Justice's tournament on January 17th. And by the time these come out, it, we, we might be at the end of January um, because I do want to try and record a bunch of these before I release them so that I can stay committed. Uh, you know, it's, it's easier when you have like four or five already done than if you release the first one. You're like, ah, shoot, now I got to make a bunch more content creators. Yeah, you know yeah. what's up. But, um, oh, yeah. So I'm going to do Justice's on the 17th. I think I cleared it with my wife. Uh, I think I'm in the clear. <laughs> so excited. I love those ones that are like only like a day long, you know? I like getting it all out of the way. Also, I made like a I made like an undercover dueling book profile. I don't know why I didn't do that before. But like one of the reasons when I was like making decks, I'm trying to make like Beast Warriors and stuff like that. And one of the reasons, oh. there, were, there were a bunch of times where I make a deck and I'm like, oh, I should play this. I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm, I don't want to. This is so egotistical. I don't want to, like, tarnish the Rook's Table's name. No, I just want to, like, not get, you know, people People know who I am a little bit. Wow, that's also egotistical. Okay. Oh, uh, let's cut that out. Anyway. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm just oh, kidding. oh, oh. I want to throw something in. I want to throw something in. All right. Yeah, what's up? Congrats on 1K subs. Thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. At the time, this, we're recording this on the 6th, and I hit 1K subs today, um, shortly after the, the Monarchs profile, or the deck guide. Um, cause I was, this was the year where I seriously broadcasted it to like all my Facebook friends and family. And it was a huge boost. It was great. I just wanted to see if I could do it without their help. But this year was like, let's, let's make it known. And we got there. But anyway, I'm definitely doing justice's thing. And I, um, I'm, I'm doing some testing kind of undercover on dueling book just to make sure that I know what I'm talking about before I do these kind of videos. And I, as I'm sure that you're aware of, and also, dude, we gotta, we have to play a lot. Like, I think that we can play a lot of, uh, we can do a lot of like joint stream. Remember, we did the joint stream for uh, Pokemon Showdown. I think I do we can do that. I almost think that I figured out how to use my phone as a secondary webcam so that I can like have a camera on me and have the um, the face down camera for the remote duel because remote duel is so much more fun to stream. People love that. And I love that. One of the reasons why I like Yu-Gi-Oh! Speed Duel over Duel Links is because I like holding cards in my hand. So yeah, I think that um, I think that'd be really cool. I think that we could totally uh, totally do some of that, and I think that would be really fun. So yeah, that could I'm be a good ready bit for fun. you to be my sparring buddy as we kind of go into this box, especially because I really want to make Mass Beast as Guardius work. I don't know; it's still tinkering. It's still in the tinkering phase. But clearly, you already found your rogue kind of stride with the spellproof armor. Honestly, I don't think I'm going to play Spellproof Armor anymore this format. <laughs> You're going to your, uh, uh, wait, Spellcasters are good now. You're going to your Spellcaster OTK, right? Nah, nah, I'm playing Magnets, man. Uh, honestly, Magnets are such a fun deck. So like I said, I played it in Tetris tournament. That was a 56-player tournament, and I got top four with the deck, right? Yep. So um, I played it throughout it, and it was, it's such a fun deck to play. Like, Spellproof is kind of like, it's a fairly brain-dead 
beatdown deck, but Magnets is a lot more thought-provoking, and it's a control-heavy deck. And I found out that I enjoy control strategies thoroughly. So I'm really enjoying Magnets, and I think that's going to be my deck for the format. That's great to hear. Because I think the magnets, I think the magnets is a cool theme, like as a like just cosmetically, you know, as an appearance. Looking at the yeah. magnets, and as I mentioned time and time again, it's great to see that you know a lot of decks that people want to play are are moving away from herder. These cards are, these individual cards are broken. They all work together. Like you, how before the box you could win just because you zoma twice, you know, things yeah. like something like that. I mean, you could still do that, but, the, you know, before the box, aside from Dark Moth, it really seemed like there were a lot of decks where it was like, you, all these cards are good on their own, put them together. Um, and now mm -hmm. it's more very heavily synergized, thought-provoking, and it really makes you think, which is great. And I, I know, I've seen it firsthand that we're turning some new people onto this format because of that, especially some Duel Links players that I've talked to because um, they're just looking to get in a physical card game. I don't know, if, you, if you're trying to get into the card game right now, it's very hard because you have no one to play with uh, unless you're doing a remote. But I swear, guys, it's going to be worth it because um, I'm, I'm just so excited for, to play locals. I'm going to go to locals oh, yeah. with like all of the you know the Speed Duel League and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy knowledge, and people are going to be like, what, <laughs> what are you? Who are you? <laughs> Who, who's this <laughs> like, man? Don't you know who I am? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, uh, so what's what's uh, you got something you're working on now? What's next for you? So last at this time of recording, the last thing we saw, I think you're you're still going strong on the um, Yugi Kaiba format, which I know is a little less popular. Something that we tried to play together, and of course I wanted to play Exodia, and you played <laughs> whatever Blue Eyes and uh, Lajin is like the card that's like I'm gonna beat everything up. And yes. I couldn't draw Exodia because there's no, uh, there's no, <laughs> what is it? One day of peace, allure of darkness. There's no hero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, none of that. How is that going? Have you been playing those? Um, I've been playing a bit of Yu-Gi-Oh format. I don't go into it much because I don't have that many people to play with. And yes, I can play on format library and stuff like that. But I find it more fun to play Yu-Gi-Oh format just with like some friends, just hang out and do it as like more like a casual thing. Um. But anyway, I was really, really excited to do that last Yugi Kaiba video because I did it with uh, Yugi Nono. He's a fairly big person in the advanced format Yu-Gi-Oh community. And um, he was the person who first got me into Yugi Kaiba format. So the fact that I got to do a video with him was uh, honestly amazing. Did you know Yugi Nono before? Were you guys personal friends before? Or did you watch a video of his and be like, that's something I want to play? And now you're meeting your personal hero. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. I watched a video of his. I was like, he did an introduction on Yuki Kaiba format video. And I was like, wow, this format seems like a lot of fun. I'm going to try it. So I tried it, loved it, and um, hit him up after when I was doing like the whole Yuki Kaiba week thing. And I was like, hey, would you be interested in, uh, in doing a video with me? And he got back to me and he said, yeah, sure. And I was like, that's awesome. That's insane. And looking at his stuff, I mean, he's no joke. It's crazy that you... Did he do anything in that video that you did? Because, like, that video should be much more popular. This guy is, um, I mean, you're right. This guy's advanced. He, you know, he does all all sorts of stuff. And I think that's something yeah. that kind of cuts us short just a little bit is that we don't do too much advanced stuff. Like, I'll open the Rogue Box if I think I'm going to make money, but that's about it. And I, I think that some of these guys get a lot of their uh, a lot of their stride with the advanced stuff. But that's really cool because this guy seems huge. He's bigger than MBT, you know, or, like, those guys that were in a vaults thing, <laughs> yeah. um, which is cool. So, wow, 
didn't even realize that's pretty cool man congratulations thanks man yeah it was uh it, w it was a lot of fun i had a blast but um as for speed duel content i had video record it and i was editing it and then work hit me like a hit me like a truck and i was like oh god i have to work again so i have to like manage my time again so um yeah i'm i'm getting through that so that'll probably be out like on the 7th which this video will probably be out after that but yeah yeah, this will um, be out. This will be out after that. So you'll have your your stuff out. But I, I wanted to ask a question, just for anybody that's. I get a lot of people DMing me on Discord. And I think we've talked about this, but a lot of people have have asked me and said, you know, I'm thinking about doing my own YouTube videos and and being a Yugi tuber, and what's the process like? And you know, I can go ahead. I, I'm very lucky because I have Premiere Pro, which you know, my wife's a graphic designer, so I get it for free, which is something that a lot of people don't have. Um, mm -hmm. But looking at you, you know, you have some natural graphic design talent, clearly just looking at your thumbnails and how you've totally sent me some, um, transparent things for free. <laughs> okay. I will publicly disclose. I did not crop that box myself. That was all him, but you know, what, what's your, uh, what's your timeline like when you're recording? What's the, uh, do you find that it's hard to record or edit? And what's the time frame that you typically find you're using for both? Um, I'd say recording, will usually hit me around uh, 40 minutes for the video recording session. And then editing obviously depends on the video. Like for example, going for like a deck profile or an opening video is very little editing, but doing like one of those like discussion videos, um, there's a, there's like a, a few hours into that for actually editing the video down. The discussion videos, like we, you know, it's the, your face on camera, right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because sometimes I wonder if it's worth, um, you know, I, I have a lot of verbal kind of hiccups that I do, you know, and and I, I tend to try to edit a lot of those out. And sometimes I wonder if it's even worth it. Like, I'm, I'm sure you hear them when we're just talking together. But um, sometimes I wonder if people even pick up on that stuff, you know, like yeah, I, I just released a video today where I stopped mid conversation to cough. And I didn't catch that one. And I was like, ah, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so I'm wondering, you know, it's like what, it, it, and this can go back to like anybody, clearly anyone uh, trying to make YouTube content. So it's not just us. Um, but like, I'm wondering if any of that is, is worth its time. Because I think that like, really, as, as we get more confident and as we get, you know, more, I don't want to say notoriety, but as people are, are more acclimated to the speed tool format and like to listen to us, um, how much that really matters, you know? Yeah, I got you. I got you. I don't know. I think it's um, it's almost like being a little bit of like a perfectionist when you're doing like your whole editing process, and you hit something, and you're like, ah, yes, I did a little uh, little mess up in the middle of there. I guess I'll cut that out, fix this up, and bada bing, bada boom. For sure, I think that everybody feels that way. <laughs> but um, all right, let's wrap this up. I think that um. I think it's been very productive. Well, thank you so much for coming on, guys. If you're listening to this, I have no idea what I'm doing or what this is called or what number of, if this is an episode of something, I have no idea what this is, but I hope that you enjoyed it. I just like talking to my buddy cursive. You guys can check him out at youtube.com slash. Is it cursive? Uh, what, what's your, uh, what's your link? Cursive YGO. If we type in youtube.com slash cursive YGO, will we get there? YouTube.com slash C slash cursive YGO will bring you to my channel. And you got a Twitter? I do have a Twitter. My Twitter is at Cursive Z. 
the curse of Z. That's right. Oh, yeah, you um initially I know that you have a you have an artist uh, behind the scenes that's working with you. But I remember that initially you it, your initial um kind of artwork was you with a Dratini around your shoulders. So you yes. had a previous uh, kind of Pokemon background, is that right? Yes, yes, I did. Did you uh, um, did you do any kind of uh, content behind Pokemon before? I know we obviously we streamed Showdown for fun, uh, what a couple months ago, which was cool. Mm -hmm. But did you ever have something around that? Yeah, I um I did. I had um like multiple channels where I did uh, nothing but Pokemon content, and I was like super heavy into the uh, Showdown uh, competitively and just doing like playthroughs of like rom hacks and stuff like that yeah i was uh, i was pretty deep into the into the pokemon scene for a while there you said multiple channels that's gotta be hard i've only done the one channel so you know i'm not i'm not as involved in this and sometimes i wish that i got more involved earlier at a younger age like i know i think you're, you're probably much younger than me so mm -hmm. you know sometimes i wonder that in fact wait uh, we can cut this if you uh, don't want to talk about it. But was it you that uh, that said that you started as a Minecraft channel? Yeah, no, you can leave this in. And um, <laughs> yes, yes, I did start as a Minecraft channel. I was oh, how old was I? Oh Wait, man, like I fifteen, think. fourteen. Oh man, I wish I had the Might balls that you did at that age. That's crazy. Like when I was twenty, I wanted to do YouTube stuff for Hearthstone, and I didn't do it because I was too afraid. And now here oh, I man. am, 26, 27, doing the Speed Duel stuff, and I wish that I started six years ago, you know? I always wanted yeah, to do card games, but yeah, Minecraft, that's crazy. You know, you would have, you could have struck it really big. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, if I wasn't a, a child with, like, one of those squeaky voices and uh, really, really bad recording software, who knows? Who those knows? guys make but, it. Uh, I'm just saying. Those guys, they, they, no, they, they, they get something. <laughs> you, you, ha you heard it here first, folks. Cursive started as a... As a Minecraft kid, and he should not be belittled for it. He is a champion. All right, he's a courageous <laughs> man. Thank you. Thank you. Oh boy, I try my hardest. <laughs> uh, anyway, you wanna you wanna play Yu-Gi-Oh now? I'd love to play Yu-Gi-Oh. Let's play really Yu-Gi-Oh. So, are we trying to do? We're doing the uh, the gods, right? Yep. And which god do you have? I have Slifer. You have Slifer? That's cheating. What do you That's mean that's cheating? One. He's in my channel art. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna laugh at this, but um, I thought of like, how do I play Obelisk? How do I play it where Obelisk is gonna come out all the time? And I just did my Monarch deck, so my my obvious answer was, oh, he requires three <coughs> tributes, you know, for all the crap to go off. So I'll just like super Monarch the heck out of him. So, okay, get this. This is the deck that I wish I could I could have built, but I didn't because I don't know where those cards are. Okay, so <laughs> picture this. Enchanted okay. fitting room, all right. Okay. With three Sonic Duck, two Dragon Zombie, two Armored Zombie. Okay. Okay. And Swamp Mirror, and Quantum Cat, and Zoma, and Gillosaurus. No, I'm just kidding. Not all of those, but uh, some combination of those, along with Soul Exchange. We got no. I can't use Inner Conflict because I'm using it's no monster, it's a god. Yes. Um, yes. Naturally. But the push was to figure out how do I get three monsters on the field and keep them alive. Oh, also, of course, a bunch of, like, classic... Tra like, what's the trap that's really good right now? Um, something Ruin. That's a great Oh, one. Widespread Ruin. Widespread Ruin. People are using yeah. that left and right. I, I think it's a mediocre trap, and people are overhyping it, but that's my opinion. 
Okay, so like when I saw that trap, I was like, the fact that it's a trap, you know, and and it's you destroy the monster with the highest attack. So when I played Advanced TCG back in 2011, I thought the Dimensional Prison was like the hottest card in town. I ran three of it in every deck, and Deep Prison is base. It's Deep Prison is essentially like when your opponent's monster declares an attack, banish it. Like that's it. Yeah, I thought it was great. That is essentially what widespread ruin is. You're, well, it conditions people into attacking, poking with their weenies first, because you can't widespread ruin the weenie. The attack will still go through. I don't know. I think that like we're reverse reverse psychologying ourselves, because at first it was like don't use traps because of Jinzo. Use all these quick play spells, and then it's like wait, but spell canceler and also something like freed and you know a bunch of other things that negate spells and like work around spells, especially Book of Moon. Um, yeah, see, and now, now we're playing traps again. My big thing with widespread, and um, I have to say this about anyone who's still in Nightmare Wheel too, is the fact that we're in a breaker format, right? For sure, for sure. Breaker the Magical Warrior is a three of in every single conflict deck. And with that in mind, if your back row isn't chainable, your opponent is going plus. And if they're a continuous trap, then it doesn't matter if it's chainable. Your opponent's going plus. So your back row needs to be extremely powerful and worth it if it is not a chainable back row. And I don't think that widespread ruin offers that necessary power to make it worth it as a back row card. I think Zoma offers the necessary power. I mean, being able to burn your opponent in a 4,000 life point format is huge, especially with conflict monarchs being one of the most prevalent decks running around but i don't think widespread has that necessary power to make it uh a card that should be played yeah i agree with that and the reason i agree with that is because you're right it, it's very single target like zoma acts the same way that inner conflicts acts where it's like you're zomaing because you don't care about your own life points like yeah. it's, it's not about defending yourself it's about going for the throat of your opponent exactly you're going for the kill whether you're using it as a beat down or you're using it to burn them to death you're going for the kill yeah and you know you see these decks use like sphere crevo which is the best hand trap in the game right now that's good defense for for a couple reasons from a quick play effect uh standpoint mm -hmm. but um yeah some like widespread ruin caught me off guard and i didn't i didn't list it as a staple in my staples video because i i thought i kind of looked over it like all right you're destroying i mean you're destroying a monster Initially, somebody would say, oh, that's better than Windstorm, because Windstorm just puts you in defense. And, you, you know, you see all those people like Windstorm, the one monster, because it was frickin' July of 2019, and people use Windstorm Kunai, and they put things in defense. But now it's like, oh, why put it in defense when I can destroy it? Well, <coughs> people like destroyed monsters now. Like I was saying, yeah. it, like, I, it, you just, the graveyard is fuel. N there's no Necro Valley to stop you, clearly. You know, Gravekeepers, I, don't even, I haven't even seen them. You're using the graveyard to bring back to field, or you're banishing, or you're bringing back to hand, and there's all sorts of play. I made this joke in a, in a previous video that's like, it's funny how we went from, like, we don't know what banished is in speed duel format, to all of a sudden, like, oh, there's a banish now, but also you can, like, you know, it's not really banished. You can bring yeah, it I'll just activate my union scramble. <laughs> union scramble, yeah, bring it back to the field, that's fine. You want to get, uh, you want to fuse? Yeah, you can do that. It's funny because eventually, what is it like removed from play and ended up being like, the, all right, for real, but also not for real. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. ready for us to go yeah. there. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it as very strong. I think that like in an early meta format, it's a shocking trap because it's mm -hmm. reverse, reverse psychology against the Jinzo. 
people are playing Monarchs and it's not necessarily Jinzo. And I know a lot of people don't want to play Jinzo necessarily because everyone's playing Jinzo. A lot of contrarians. People, obviously, if you're if you're playing Speed Duel instead of Advanced TCG, you might be a contrarian already. So, you know, you <laughs> want to be a black sheep. You want to be against the meta. And Jinzo is been, has been, at least in the online community, a pretty consistent meta piece. So if you're not playing against yeah. it, then that's a great card to use. But I agree. Oh, yeah. I think that because it only targets one, it's not as great as it could be. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I've run into widespread so many times, and it killed my monster, and then it just didn't end up mattering, like, 90% of the time. So. And you're the one, you're the one that's actually playing these tournaments. So I'm just playing, I'm just playing around with my friends over here. <laughs> you know what's up. And you topped eight. And top aided with spellproof armor, which uh, uh, let's see that again. Am I right? I feel like it takes a true champion that really knows and, and has a passion for the deck to do that. So congratulations there. Thanks, man. I mean, honestly, like this is like my best format for me so far with like my top eight and my top four so early on into the format. It's it's pretty good. Are you going to try and do a dark uh, some sort of spell <laughs> OTK? See, like I want to, but like. The deck hasn't really evolved at all. I'd have to like see if I can think of something like new and innovative. But have you thought about what do you think of Blue Eyes right now? What do you think of Dragon Caller? There was one card. Dragon Caller is garbage. It's been garbage since uh, pretty much Nightmare Will Zelma came out, right? Match the Millennium Twisted Nightmares. But uh, yeah, what is there? There's a there's a fusion. No, not a fusion. There's a ritual. Uh, <laughs> there's a ritual champion card for Blue Eyes right now. Yeah, a paladin and white dragon. Yeah, and it lets you like special summon the blue eyes, I guess. Um, yep. Good luck with that, friends. Did you know that, that blue a... eyes, uh, the secret rare blue eyes, is worth like fourteen bucks right now, US? Oh, really? Yeah. Turns out. Oh, I got two. Turns out, yeah, I have one. Um, <laughs> I thought that the cosmic cyclone would be worth more, to be honest, because I thought cosmic cyclone was was used more in uh, advanced. But anyway. Yeah, you know, they're all worth like three bucks, four bucks at least. But this blue eye, of course, the blue eyes is worth like fourteen dollars. It's the Charizard of the game. So yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, honestly, the Paladin variant of Blue Eyes is better than Dragon Caller now. So Dragon yeah. Caller is officially dead. So it yeah. does leave you room to to use another skill if you really want to. Yeah, no, Dragon Caller just it can't be good anymore. Not with, I mean, Offerings was like honestly the nail in the coffin for the deck. And now we have every deck playing three of Book of Moon, which just does the same thing. So, all right. Well, um, I think that I said that I was ending it, but now I'm officially ending it. So, if uh, if this is being uploaded after um, I have received my product in the mail, uh, Curse of YGO now has a uh, branded Speed Duel mats, so you should check that out. Oh my god, of course I will wait. Curse of YGO Speed Duel, Matt, what's the retail price? Can I get one right here, right now? Let me go. Um, you, you cannot. I, I need to still work oh, that out. man. <laughs> you know, I made the one Rook's Table, Matt, to me. That's it. I'm not, I'm, not do, I'm not ready for merch, but, dude, Curse of YGO, that's like a, that's a classy. That's a classy, Matt. I'm excited yeah. for that. Guys, you can check them out at youtube.com slash C slash Curse of YGO. Also, Twitter uh, at Curse of Z. Mm hope you guys check him out thank you so much guys